0: This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your SummerSlam 2023 predictions, your Great American Bash recap, G1, nights 10, 11, and 12, all sorts of AEW stuff. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast.
1: a real world champion.
0: <laughs> Ditch that nine to five, it's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Agey, aka Dick Handyke. It's sitting <laughs> directly across from me.
2: <laughs>
0: coughing out some menthols into a, right into the microphone. We have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB?
1: God damn, that just, just caught me off guard, man. Should I, I made sure I took the hit? not even smoking a cigarette. It was just like you said that. Somebody punched me in the gut and shit. That's it. it just caught me on guard. Funny as fuck. Usual uh, comedy of sorts to kick off the show. And on that lovely note, I'll just ask for congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Man from Ringside Podcast, volume 319, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good, spark saith, Hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity at BFR. Like Bill and I said last week on the way out the door, talking about the G1, you know, what's to come up. And I was like, you know, it's only three days this week. He was like, pfft, light work. It was. <laughs> it is light work.
0: Last week we had five. Next week we have five and SummerSlam recap. Uh, and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have three
1: beers. Zach Coleman, what's going on, three beers? BFR West is in house.
3: Man, as soon as you said that, a.k.a. Dick and Dyke, I just imagined a lesbian who had a dick for a hand. <laughs> and all the struggles that she would have to go through in her life.
0: Yeah, um, like a siren Alive, like like Mr. Short-Term Memory or something. <laughs> a dick hand dyke.
3: is <laughs> absolutely terrible. But, uh, no, it did. It felt like, I'm glad I was super busy this week, but I, there was a couple points where I woke up, and I'm like, what? I felt ripped off. I'm like, no fucking G1?
0: I'm telling you, that's what I said to Jason when he was leaving last week. I was like... Yeah, we have, but, like, man, I kind of wish there was one tomorrow that I could watch, you know. So, yeah, we are, we, you know, we talk about the grind that is G1, and we're through the grind part. We only have the fun stuff to talk about. now. I mean, we had fun talking about the first nine days of it. Now we're talking about winners and losers and stuff like that. We're going to be recapping next week. We'll have everything except for the semifinals and the finals to talk about. And then the week after that, we can talk about the winner of the G1. So that's all sorts of fun stuff. Quick, uh, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Um, I told Bo this week he was kind of like, what do you want for an AKA? Do you want a theme? And my brother's fiance had a kid on monday so hey. i'm a new uncle my brother jacob and his lovely fiance brinley had little vivian ray so little vivi uh we got vivi ray and her my daughter is edna may so right. we got all sorts of them we, hey Reba. no fucks people like
3: our age named brinley i thought that was like a young like i thought that was a more modern
0: kind of I think she was. She must have been the first one because she's thirty. <laughs> wow, she's 37, 38 something like that. I mean, okay, I, I don't want I, I, okay. to. I, I don't want to blow up her spot or anything, but I mean, yeah, she. Yeah, her name is Friendly.
3: Actually, my, I, I hesitate to even say anything because to say anything about somebody's name is so rude. Because it's like it's your name, but it was just. It's, it's like uh, actually it's like, my, you know my, being introduced to like a, an infant named Walter.
0: Yeah, I know. Actually my brother lives in Utah. She is he's married to a twelve year old girl. Um so <laughs> tons tons of wrestling to get to this weekend. All right, tons of wrestling to get to this week. We might as well get it going with that. Three counts. One,
2: two, three.
1: J C B, kick it off. I'm not even going to say what I I just saw right there. I'm just going to let pretend like I didn't even see anything at all. So on that lovely note, Mike, it is time for you to start to fast-forwarding because we are going to talk G1's Night 10, 11, and 12, Night 10, starting on the 30th of July. Um... Really, this is these are the three matches, the three nights that I thought it, if there was a dip in the G one, this was kind of your dip in the G one. No really standout matches, at least as far as I can tell, just looking at it very quickly. But we'll break it down. Night ten, um, to me, the biggest match of the night was the draw between uh, Shingo and Tamatanga. I had that as my match of the night. Um, Shingo was kind of, I won't even say kind of, had been disappointing up to this spot where I, I thought this was a a must win for Shingo. Uh quietly has kind of gone through the tournament, not making a lot of noise, but taking a couple of uh a hard couple of hard luck L's on the way. Him and Tonga had a nice little twenty minute draw. Thomas saying at one point, you know, I almost had you. Shingo saying the same. Um I thought this was cool because, obviously, this is going to set up what's going to happen for later on and then next week leading into the final night of block play. From that point, to me, it was a bunch of really above-average matches. ZSJ defeating Shane Hayes, I thought, really stood out. This was the first time you had TMDK facing each other. I thought this was probably the next best match of the night. And then, in no particular order, you had... A bunch of, like I said, pretty good matches Winners in no order Like I said, David Finley, Yano Eddie Kingston, Naido, Evil, and uh, Tanahashi in the main event Over Goto, which was Definitely one to kind of hold your breath On because this was two guys Coming in banged up and A declining Tanahashi Before our eyes, so it was Definitely like, you know, if this, like I said On Twitter, if this makes it to 15 minutes I would be very, very surprised when I was watching
0: that match, I was trying to decide which one was Walter mathow and which one was Jack Lemmon. Uh, Zach, what did you <laughs> think about this? What do you think about night ten of the G One Block C? And yeah, D. it
3: was. Dip kind of um, echoes Jason's sentiments, uh, but I actually, like I like Go To maybe more. Uh, it, Tadashi, you know, while to like kind of get settled on the top rope, but we. We got like aces high. We got high fly flows, like out the ass. Um, they were working hard and, uh, definitely worthy of the main event. But, um, yeah, the draw, Tomatong and Shingo was, was probably the most, uh, you know, kind of dynamic match of the night and the one that really stood out in memory. And I liked the, the interaction, you know, the TMDK, wrestling TMDK is pretty neat because that's something that you get in the G1 and like, uh, BOSJ that, and even like New Japan Cup, where you don't see that otherwise because, like, faction members don't wrestle faction members. Um, it just doesn't doesn't happen except in these tournaments, so it adds a little bit of a, a layer. Um, Mikey Nichols and Eddie Kingston, I thought they might go a little harder, but it was like – they were pretty hard, but it was like less than 10 minutes. But um, – and uh, <laughs> Orianu uh, giving Jeff Cobb his loss. Like, you go in there and you're just like, oh, man. It could happen. Uh, it it absolutely happened, and just like imagine like just in kayfabe, just being terrified of losing to this guy, and it just happening, and you just like shit the bed. Uh, that makes it so funny to me.
0: Uh, Yano was almost like post kayfabe at this point. Like it's like so, <laughs> yeah. it's so ridiculous that he beat Jeff Cobb. Like, Jeff Cobb, they didn't even tell a story about Jeff Cobb being, like, worn down or injured or anything. Yano just outsmarted the motherfucker. Like, kayfabe doesn't even like exist. In his head. Was very much so thinking about Jason Bell when that happened. That uh, that tickled me. Um, I have ZSJ versus Shane Hayes as my favorite match of the night, but Shingo and Tama Tonga was also really good. Eddie Kingston, you know, quietly having a pretty good G1. Uh, probably a little bit better than I expected. I think last week i said as expected i would say now it's a little bit better than i expected if i'm being honest um Godot tanahashi I, I don't know i didn't i didn't like it very much i i think that tanahashi is man i mean how many more g1s does he have one yeah um but you know i like both those guys but it's like what kind of fucking main event is it? that's your main event i was like godo and tanahashi is the main event
1: given what what year is it well given what you have to offer i don't think you have a lot of options shingo uh, tamatonga is your other offer, other option
0: yeah i guess you can't have zsj versus shane haste or but i mean still yeah i know it's a tough one maybe Cabiano as your main event
1: why are you trying to piss me off so early? Dude? I, just, I, I don't understand. <laughs> Why do, I, what did I do to you? I mean, did, did I not come in and did I not say what's up? You, yeah, know, you, I, I you, uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't go was, back yeah. and say you know hello to the ladies, but I figured they were you know doing oh, their yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it
0: was bedtime. Okay, um, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I would not put Yano in the main event.
1: Thank you.
2: God damn. Unless, <laughs> unless
0: the main event is Goto and Tanahashi in 2023,
2: <laughs> then I probably would. Uh, what
1: about night? What about night 11, Jason? Um, Night eleven, uh, starting August first. Uh, back to A and B block action. Um, to me, the biggest standout match was the the two young guns, uh, Yodosuji and Shota Umino, in the semifinal match. To me, this was the match of the night. This felt like a little, it's a little similar to what we had uh, in the the previous night, night ten. But then it started to pick up a little bit with uh, Gabriel Kidd versus Sonata. Uh, we showered Gabriel Kidd last week. He did nothing to change my mind. This week, um, Kento Okada was good, not great. Uh, I thought Great Okan and uh, Yoshihashi was uh, a really good match. Uh, great Okan coming off the side of the, me- uh, the milk carton for a little bit to to help come out and have a good match and actually get a dub out of it. Yeah. Um, from there, then you had, like I said, in no particular order, winners. Uh, Hikaleo beats Kaito Kiyomita in a little bit of a surprise, but Hikaleo has been hot lately. I think this is his third win in a row coming up to this point. So he's in the mix for the one of the two semifinal blocks or semifinal spots in the uh, the A block to advance. Um, Renarita beats Chase Owens. He, I believe that's his first win in the G1. A bunch of draws couple of L's, but that's his first win over Chase Owens. ELP beats Tai Chi. Put a little star on that. That could be KOPW ramifications moving forward. Um Tungalore upsets Will Ospreay. We'll just put that aside for 30 seconds. And then like I said, the main event, Kenta and Okada. Okada goes over. Let me jump back to the Will Ospreay um, loss by count out. I said it last year and I'm not gonna take it and I'm not gonna go away from it. That is a lazy, lazy, lazy way to fucking book. I could care less if Will Ospreay loses. I get it. It's the G1. You're going to get the upsets. This was an upset. This is just a lazy way to fucking do it, okay? It wasn't like it was Tonga Lo was whooping his ass and then left him out there. That's kind of what I was saying about the Yano Cobb
0: match. It was like, wait a minute. There is no way I had Tonga Lo. That would have been my Stone Cold lead pipe lock of the week. What do you think about that, Jay uh, or Zach?
3: Yeah, it is a way to protect. It seemed like a very like WWE thing, like, "Oh, we want to protect this guy, but we're not gonna, we're not going to come up with like a real story as to like why it happens or make
0: it make sense. We're just gonna do it." I would, I would not have had him lose to
1: Tagaloa. Well, well you, you're well documented that. Uh, he's one of the people you would want out and have Tom Longer in, so I can kind of get that, okay? Just the... He, he just doesn't have it. Okay, completely fair. I'm not even worried about, you know, him having it. To me, it just the match itself just doesn't... It's not enough for me to be like, okay, Will spray after all he's gone through, the Kenny Omegas, And all this other shit, this is how he's going to lose a match in a countout? Yeah, I know. Come on, dude. Stop.
3: It felt like a waste of time going in because I did not expect Osprey to lose at all. And then the the countout, even though that reversed the decision, it still felt like it wasted my time.
0: Yes. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what do you think about the rest of the night? I'm sorry. Was there anything else? Mm What do you think about the rest of the night, Zach?
3: Uh yeah Umino versus suji was great i think we had talked earlier about maybe them drawing all the the three musketeers but um that did not happen uh this this is definitely the match of the night i'm uh, really surprised to think the leo um you know he's still i don't know they're presenting him you know they're giving him more of a push than i thought
0: uh in this g one they should but uh
3: Damn. yeah i get it
0: I'll take I'm back my worst good. luck foul-A joke from a couple weeks ago. I'll take it back.
1: <laughs> Man, we, shh, come, I'm on. taking it back. No, I, as far as I'm sorry, you you don't have to take it back. I still need to see more. They have set that bar very high for hickle and now they're all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We, did, we created this whole storyline for him, and then we kind of cooled him off, jobbed him out to Kenta. But he retired Jay White. I mean, he just retired Jay White. And Baron Corbin retired Kurt Angle. What's your point?
0: That <laughs> that they're, well, man, who you like better, Baron Corbin or Hikileo?
1: Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> wow. Okay, nice.
0: Um, go ahead, Zach. Uh,
3: but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Kento Okada was fine. Uh, we didn't get the same Kento that we saw versus Osprey, even though Okada's one of the best. I, I felt like we just got... Kinda of lazy Kenta. It was and all right.
1: Him. It was okay. I yeah. get it. You know, he he doesn't want to fuck with Okada early, but then I didn't I was, didn't
0: I didn't hate it at all. I mean it's my second favorite kenta match.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> That's saying some
0: shit. <laughs> That's saying some shit. Um Well it, Kenta it, Osprey was better.
1: Yeah, yeah. so but that was the a second kenta, best one That was a Kenta match that he seemed invested in. This seemed like more of a I'm trying to get under Okada's skin. And then finally, when he makes a mistake, that's when he takes advantage. And then, of course, you have the usual fuckery with the kendo stick um, at a later point. And that's just, you know, what we just feel. At least I'll speak for myself the way I feel when I see Kenta. That's what I expect to see, some sort of fuckery. So in that aspect, it was the usual Kenta. But it was still a pretty good match. To me, it was the second, maybe third best match of the night.
0: Uh, I'm starting to think I've hit my Chase Owens ceiling. I think he should do color commentary and not be in the ring. I don't know. It, it's it's not like he makes anybody else look good. He doesn't really have good offense. He's kind of funny sometimes. I mean, I just, I don't get it.
3: I think It's tough because uh, he's like a good hand, but like, it's, if- they're all about like using their own guys, but they have like this huge thing, this huge thirty-two block or thirty-two man field, and there's so many guys like in your in your head that you would much rather have than like a Chase Owen. I mean,
0: yeah, there's a few. Um, this was my favorite Sonata match of the tournament, um, and that's saying something. Saying that he was in there with all those young guys. Gabe Kid's a young guy too. And he definitely didn't want to be forgotten about. And no. he <laughs> he's had a great G1. Really, I don't know if I see a future as a single star anytime soon, but um, I'm way into the
1: War Dogs. Yeah, more so than I was coming into the G1. I yeah. I would totally agree with that. And TMDK I would, as, a, as a tag team. I always like TMDK. I just think that. The subtraction of, like Zach said last week, I think TMDK spots were the RC open spots when RC open left. TMDK took advantage of that, and they've and they've done nothing to say otherwise that they shouldn't be back next year if they're on the roster if they're available to come over and play. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with them being a part of a another thirty-two uh, man G one next year.
0: Um, I was very into Suji beating Shota Umino. Uh, if not for any other reason, then it seemed a little too easy if they were going to have them all have draws against each other. So Suji beating Shota uh, was a lot of fun. I loved his attitude. I, I loved the way Shota sold the lost. The loss, I'm sorry. And I love the way that Yoda Suji just tossed his ass out of the ring afterward. Like, get the fuck, fuck out of you. my ring. it like, uh, was so good. Real big fan of that. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Love Yoda Suji.
1: God damn. I mean Calm down. Calm down. Hard to be higher on the guy. (laughs) Calm down. He fucking rules, man. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Trust me. I I watched the match. I was just like, man, this dude is just. He's got it all. (sighs) He's got it all. Uh, Okay. What about night 12? Uh, Night 12, this was yesterday. So, I got to sneak this in yesterday morning before work. Or, I'm sorry, after work last night. Apologize. Night of upsets. And it kicked off right off the bat. Alex Coughlin defeating the ace, Tanahashi, in the curtain jerker. Tanahashi probably having uh, a bumpy G1 that we've kind of all to discuss, and this doesn't necessarily help his conversation for uh, next year's G1 or a year, a year after that, whatever the case may be. Alex Coughlin looked good, and this is one of those times where I, I was just like, you know, I, I felt bad for the, Alice coughing because it felt like this should be bigger. It should be, you know, more of a like, you know, a oh shit moment. This, don't get me wrong, I was surprised, but it wasn't like I was like oh shit, you know, like when Yujiro beat uh Tana I was like oh shit, damn, this is some shit. When Yujiro beat uh Kota the year afterwards, I was like oh shit, this I was, was kind of was like barely damn, Yujiro. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this was just like wow, though. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you know. You no,
0: know, I always wanted Yujiro out of there, and now I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, man, I kind
1: of miss Yujiro. <laughs> <laughs> he was good for an upset, and that's what the G1 is. it's great matches, and always that you have the upsets that you don't see coming. If you said you saw this one coming, you're absolutely out of your mind. Um, Mikey Nichols upsets Evil. I uh, won't say Yano upsets Shane Hayes but if you want to go points wise you can go that route too. Hanari Ishi, I thought was one of the best matches of the night. They just rang the bell and just let them jokers go. Godo each uh Goto upsets uh Jeff Cobb. So that's back-to-back losses for Jeff Cobb after going 4-0, 8 points total. He goes back-to-back losses so We'll talk about those ramifications here in a second. Eddie Kingston beats Tama Tonga. I thought that was a pretty good match. Uh, Naido beats GSJ. Uh, up and down, the roller rollercoaster Naido drives me up the fucking wall. And then Shingo beats uh, David Finley in the main event. I thought this was the match of the night, especially when you had Shingo pretty much in the scenario of a win or go home portion of the program. You're facing David Finley, who's only had one loss coming to this point and has been booked ridiculously strong since he's been flipped to Bullet Club War Dogs and becoming the never open weight champion. He's been booked pretty strong. I thought this was going to be interesting to see how it's going to go. Shingo pulls this Joker out. So for me, like I said, this to me, the whole night 12 was a night of upsets. Starting off the, at the top, like I said, with um, Coughlin defeating the ace. But to me, the biggest story coming out of it, Shingo staying alive in the main event, defeating David Finley. Second loss for David Finley, one against Tama Tonga, and now this one against Shingo. So depending on how things play out, mark those two guys with stars against with uh, Shingo and Tama Tonga, possible opponents for David Finley for the NEVER War Point title. Zach, what you think of night Twelve?
3: Uh, this was a really good night of wrestling. Good night, G One. Uh, just right from the the opening bout with Tanahashi and Coughlin, like the the finish to this was awesome. It was like he lifted him up like a vertical suplex, and like Tanahashi kind of like crumpled down to the ground, and then he just like dead lifted him up from the ground into a jackhammer. I was like, oh my god! It was uh,
0: pretty impressive. That was really cool. He looked at Tanahashi um, and he said
2: Fuck you <laughs>
1: three him
0: around like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um,
3: but yeah, like Jason said, night of upsets. I'm really looking forward to putting on my uh, tinfoil hat here and like looking at all the tiebreakers and stuff after this night. Um didn't have time to beforehand to like do do the prep. Um but yeah, fun matches. Uh, Tomatonga and Eddie Kingston fighting over whose theme song sounds more like DMX. So that was pretty good. Um, Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, was just like start to finish, like a sprint, and I loved it. Um Hard to say between that and the main event what what was better. I think I like Naito Zack better, but maybe it's just because I like those guys so much uh, and good. like them so much together. Good. But, uh, yeah. yeah you,
0: you know, like, I loved Naito. ZSJ, like, fucking loved it. They, they're, man, I watched it three times where Zack Sabre kind of, like, backed Naito up to the ropes and, like, acted like he was going to pat his chest and he shoved his face and he goes, dickhead. I was like, oh, <laughs> and Naito got all pissed off. Man, I loved it. Those guys have really, really great chemistry. Um, uh, Shingo Finley fucking ruled. I really liked Kingston and Tama Tonga. I wish I had more jokes about the G1 right now, but I don't. This was the best night of the three uh, by uh, probably a large margin for me. Um, large marge. R.I.P. Paul Rubens. Uh, Her- Hanari Ishii was fun. Yano Haste was real fun. Uh, I hate evil. Just fucking hate him. I'm glad Mikey Nichols beat him. <laughs> and Alex Coughlin versus Tom also very cool. We <laughs> talked about that. So, just to round up. We got five nights, five more nights of I have G one uh, matches up already. Um, before you ask, oh, I was gonna go through the blocks and just say uh, who was. I mean, sonata has got twelve, and then we got three guys with
1: six and two guys with five. Okay, so stop right there. So August fifth is the A block uh, last night. Matches for the A block final night. You have Shoto Umino versus Hikalayu, so that's got implications. Renarita versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Kaito's probably gonna have to win. Yes. Chase Owens, Sonata block, and then Yoda Suji versus Gabriel Kidd. That's just that's just probably just gonna be a banger because Gabriel Ooh. Kidd's gonna ch- jump out of the ceiling and attack so Yoda Suji off the jump. So really, um, you have the two matches, Shodo Umino, Hikalayu and Kaito Kiyomiya versus Randaria as I guess for the, the two so, matches for the last spot.
0: So, Nana's definitely in the two matches for the last spot. I'm just gonna ask you guys, I just want a two word answer from you. Who else comes out of the block, A block? Go ahead, Three
3: Beer. Uh A block. Uh was an A block,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. Jason? I'm not I'm not wavering.
0: Yeah, Kiyomiya. I had Renarita. He's not going to make it. Um, Man, out oh, of these guys. <sighs> I guess I'll go Shota. I, I had Renarita picked at the very beginning. I'll go Shota just to go different from you guys. All right, Uh, what about the
1: B-Block? Final matches for the B-Block, this is August 6th. So, August 5th, Uh, A-Block, August 6th. B-Block, final matches, Tai Chi versus Great Okan. Okada versus Tonga Loa. LP versus Will Ospreay and Yoshihashi versus Kenta. So we can eliminate that. Will Ospreay's in a a, a win scenario. He's probably going to have to win just to make sure he gets a spot. Okada, is, I believe, at 10 points now, so he's leading. Yes. So Okada's in. It, Okada's in, so you would have the the Will Ospreay match, and if I'm not mistaken, Taichi is at 6 points. And he holds yep, the, got the
3: win co-op over Will Ospreay.
1: Over. So yeah, those are the two matches right there. Tai Chi, Great O'Kan. You I would assume Tai Chi would win to put the pressure on um Will uh Will Ospreay. If you go this route, um and this would be another upset, um Okada would have to lose to Tonga Lua, which I would that would be the the upset of the tournament at this point. Okada lose, Will Ospreay wins. Then you have a tie at the top of the block. Will Ospreay would win the B block. I don't see that happening. I got Okada winning, still winning the block, and Will Ospreay being the uh, the runner-up, 12 points, 10 points, respectively.
0: That's exactly what I have. Uh, what do you have, Zach? Uh, yeah, same. That's what I
2: had
3: since the very beginning. All right. Block C. Same thing with Sonata and Kiyomiya, like, I'm doing pretty
1: good so far as long as things work out. <laughs> Stop Lock, your already. Block
0: C, there are five guys and there are two blocks. So it's a lot just of ramifications. Just five guys?
1: Just five. Just uh, five Jason, guys.
0: please let us know what's going on in block C.
1: So C block is going to be August 8th, uh, D block August 9th. So we'll have a, a day off in between the two um, A and B blocks, and then C and D, 8th and ninth, respectively. C block, you have Eddie Kingston versus David Finley. Both guys are in it. If I'm not mistaken, they're both tied at the top of the block with 8 points. That's right. So. That's basically a, a, probably a win-and-in scenario for the winner there, depending on uh, tiebreakers and all that other good stuff. Uh, Shingo versus Evil. Evil is the third person at the top of the block with eight points. Shingo, I believe now, is at seven. So this is another uh, match. Shingo that...
0: spoils Evil there.
1: <sighs> he owes Evil a receipt, if I'm not mistaken. Evil beat Shingo last year to keep him out of the... Uh, to advance into last year's G1, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Tomatonga Her- Her- Aaron Honari. Tamatanga is at seven points. So this is a must win for Tomatonga, even though it's against Aaron Honari. This should be interesting because we've been talking about Aaron Honari, you know, dedicating himself to the tattoo on his face. This would be a nice little upset if it happens. And then Mikey Nichols versus Tomohiro Ishi being the final match. This is just going to be ring the bell and let them go. So, realistically, you have three matches. Um, Eddie Kingston, David Finley, the winner is probably in. The loser is probably out. And then Shingo, Evil, Tama Tonga, and Aaron Hernandez are the matches to watch in c So, who do you got? Uh, still have it the way I thought it would be. Finley is going to beat... Uh, Eddie Kingston, so he should win the block. And then from there, I'm sorry, not sorry, I'm going to be in the LIJ mark at this point. I'm going to take Shingo to that janky little tie is going to help him out here. He beats Evil. Hanari somehow beats Tama Tonga, and that's how you get Shingo to advance. David we won Shingo too. Uh, Zach, who you got? I would love that.
3: That's exactly how I have it, actually, too, because I don't want to deviate from my original thing. And also, I don't think it makes sense. Penari um, only got four points, and I think he'll have a better showing than that when it's all said and done. I don't think he'll be you know, stuck down there at four. I can't believe out of everybody in the entire 30, you're, you're, st- you're stealing it.
0: You're stealing it. You're stealing it. You're going to say Tama Hiro is the only one with two points.
3: Yep. I knew it. Unbelievable to me. I,
0: He's I, the best I know.
3: guy in the whole I was whole just tournament. getting
0: ready to say that.
3: Oh, man, I'm sorry.
0: That's all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with what I had also going into it, which was David Finlay to win and Tom Tonga uh, coming out as the runner-up in Block C. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch.
1: And D-Block, Jason. Um, D-Block, like I said, that's August 9th. You have um, – Tanahashi versus Naito, I believe both are now at six points? Six points, yeah. Uh, Naido's at eight. Eight, okay. So Naito, ZSJ, and uh, Jeff Cabral at eight, Tanahashi at six. So this is basically – And Goto uh, at six. Okay. This is basically a must win for the ace. If Naito wins, depending on how they set this up, um, Naito could go through as the – D-block winner or the runner-up. We'll just have to see how it kind of plays itself out. Goto has his own problems. He has to face ZSJ. So this is a must win for Goto. It's a must win for ZSJ. Anybody, Who's Naido fighting? Naido and Tanahashi are, are wrestling oh. in one match. Both got to win. Je, Tanahashi has to win to stay alive. Naido has to win to at least make sure he can advance. Goto and ZSJ same way, especially now with Goto. At at six points, same way, six versus eight. Um, Jeff Cobb versus Shane Haste. Jeff Cobb kind of weakened oil coming in, two losses in a row. Shane Haste is one of the guys we kind of said that you know you probably don't want to be seeing right about now because he's a, a hot hand, even though he's been he's had a loss coming into this match, and then Yano versus uh, Alice Coughlin being the final match. So realistically, Ooh. three matches to really watch with. Uh, Six points, Tanahashi versus eight points in Naito. Same thing with Goto and ZSJ. And the other match is Yano Coughlin. Give me that all day. (laughs) What is Yano going to try with him? Man, who knows? Maybe some tape? God forbid they pat this motherfucker down before he gets into the goddamn.
3: I just aye, love aye. listening to Yano <laughs> matches. Yeah,
0: he cracks me up. Uh, who you got, Zach?
3: Um, I'm going to stick to it because it's still possible. So I'm going to have Naito and Zach. Um, I had Zach um, being at the top and then Naito being number two, but I think. With him having the tiebreaker with, with Nigel beating Zach, then it actually flip-flops my prediction, so it actually changes the match, like the semifinal match orders. Um, so that'll, that'll change, but I still think those two are going to be a, the ones that come out.
0: Um, I had Nido coming in first. So I have Nido Zach, um, and I'm gonna stick with that. Also, that is going to do it. Anything else you guys want to say about the G1? We'll have five nights of G1 to cover next week. Along, we'll be like quite a ways into it. We'll be down to the final four by the time we see you next week, and we we'll also have SummerSlam to talk about. Gonna be a big week of wrestling. Uh, that's every week. Let's get to that two count. Two beer. What's the two count?
3: Two count. We can talk about some A.E. Dub, um, Rampage as usual. skippable. There was uh, a battle royal for a tag team title shot that Big Bill and Brian Cage won. So that will have ramifications for the uh, for F.D.R. Because it was going to be the winner of F.D.R. versus Adam Cole. Um, and we had that match, uh, so we could might as well just talk about that, cause that was the most important thing on collision. Um, which was, uh, yep, yeah, uh, the main event, FTR versus MJF and Adam Cole. Pretty excellent match, uh, fun tag team match, but, um, yeah, MJF and Adam Cole couldn't get it done. Uh, and actually they pinned MJF, they pinned the champion, Zach Carwood, pinned the AEW world champion, and, um, man, the crowd was behind this, I was into it, I thought they should have changed the titles, I thought they were gonna change the titles, but they didn't um, but we get more of the story where, you know NGF is about to turn on Adam Cole, and I said it weird like, I didn't mean like he, I meant he was gonna turn on him, not he was gonna like turn him on um, that was weird but uh, he uh, was gonna hit him with the belt and Adam saw him in the, in the Titan-tron, or whatever they call it in AEW, um, the the Tony-tron, and uh, they put his hands up, turned his back, and said, do what you got to do, but uh, he did not, and he was distraught about the loss, and um, they hugged it out, and uh, overall, pretty great storytelling, very fun match, um, really made this show kind of like a must-watch episode of AEW.
1: I can't sit up here. Look, the fact that you said that you thought that MJF and Cole should have won just blows my mind. I can't I can't let you just walk away and and say that and not have some sort of reaction to it. Look, I like MJF. What's the argument? what's, What's the argument against it, though? I like MJF and Cole, too, like anybody else. I'm the one guy that's probably the, the last of the three of us to come on board and be like, okay, um, you know, I like it. But, I mean, it's a bigger picture than this. The bigger picture is Wembley. I,
0: oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Okay, go ahead.
1: That's the bigger picture, okay? To me, that's the bigger picture. It's two things that I take away from this whole MJF, Adam Cole, baby thing, the angle itself. The lack of feud, that's going to be a feud here in a little bit. The number one thing is MJF doesn't get enough credit for being the great performer that he is. And the fact that he's doing this and making fans see him as a a babyface-esque, I don't think he's a babyface, I'm just waiting for him to put the knife in Adam Cole's back, but that's another story for another time. People are cheering for him. And if you'd have told me six months ago people were cheering for MJF in July of 2023, I looked at you like like you lost your goddamn mind, August of 2023, whatever, same concept. All he's doing right now is just adding to his stock for whenever it's supposed to happen, if he's going to leave... AEW, go the to WWE, WWE or 2024. 2024. Okay, there you go. He just add to his stock. Number two, to me, this was never about MJF and Cole winning the titles. This was a way to – we always asked about what was going to be the main event at Wembley. You got 88,000 people there. You're going to have to figure out what's the best match you could possibly have. Once you took Will Ospreay and Okada – I'm sorry, Wallspray and Omega off of the board. Now you're going to have to come up with something that's going to be an emotional investment, a ride the whole way through. This is the next best thing. This is probably the part of the reason why they did the blind eliminator tournament, the part of the reason that they haven't broken up Cole and MJF to this point. This makes all sense. Playing you know, Monday night quarterback. Now looking back on it, it makes sense. So for me, it was never about them winning the tag tiles. F- FTR is going to defend the tiles against somebody at Wembley. It ain't going to be against MJF Adam Cole, obviously. But there was no way on God's green earth that they were going to win the tag team tiles on Saturday night. No I'll say, way. I'll say this.
3: Well, here's, here's why I'm thinking this before, before sorry, Bill, uh, This counterpoint is uh, the best part, about wrestling that we often forget is that it is fake and you can do whatever you want so it was never about them winning but once it got really good then you just have them win and then what you know you can do and it doesn't really diminish the titles at all because i mean they're fantastic teams and we don't ever see this really either you give them a two week run, and then you have them do another rematch on Collision in two weeks, and then that's whenever they lose it, and it continues the storyline. And like you can pop a rating, you can um, you know build another must see match on Saturday night because um, we have the luxury of like it being fake, and you can kind of do whatever you want um, as opposed to like other sports where it's like <laughs> like you know like boxing championships or MMA championships where right. you got to make a fight and like the real guy stuff. Lose. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly the stuff but the stuff. Uh, you know I hey Terrence I'm Crawford with that ass on
1: Saturday this. night I don't care what nobody say
3: I'm not, but I'm not saying they should like you know have gone on to like win and like dominate tag team division but like I don't know I just thought it might be fun for them to win and then lose it in a rematch on TV and then that gets, that like helps fuel the thing I don't know you sell a few more shirts Um, you get some more people eyeballs on your product you get, in, you get, you get pictures of them with the belt um I don't know. I just thought it would be fun. I thought it was a missed
0: opportunity. I, I watched it live. The edible was kicking in. I mis, I misunderstood what was happening at the end. I thought that Adam Cole was trying to psych himself up to turn on MJF, and MJF was trying to psych himself up to turn on Adam Cole. I did not get that Adam Cole was standing in the corner being like, go ahead and do it. And um, Great television. Great television. Yeah, it wasn't very clear to – I guess – Maybe I'm an idiot. It just wasn't very clear to me oh, no, what was I picked happening.
1: Pretty immediately. Well, the, well, I guess for me, I had to rewind it and I had to turn it up because I'm, wa- I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then if you listen to it, he's just like, go ahead, do it. Just go ahead and do it. I know I you're going to do it. I thought he was talking to himself. No. I thought he was talking.
0: I told you the other bulls. Yeah, kicking it like a motherfucker. Dude, uh, half motherfucker. Like half these, these half edi- before, I'm like, half after. These edibles like... <laughs> <laughs> These edibles ain't shit. And then I turned into Mitch McConnell just fucking staring straight ahead. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh...
1: Never fails, dog. You gotta get the edible um, a little time to
0: kick in, F. So, I was watching it live. At no time did I ever think that MJF and Adam Cole were gonna beat FTR. It just didn't seem like that. My favorite part of the match, and I put this on Friends of BFR because we were talking about it on there on Facebook. Go ahead and find it. Uh, Friends of BFR on Facebook. Uh, ask to get in, and we'll put you in. Um... I really thought that when MJF was going to all four sides of the crowd and he had Dax Harwood on the ground and he kept acting like he was going to kick him in the nuts and then he spun him around 90 degrees and then Dax Harwood made a mad dash for a rope break and then got up and smacked MJF really hard. I think that was a shoot. I think I think Dax Harwood was like, why are you making a fool out of me by making me struggle while you turn around to all four sides? Go back and watch it and tell me that Dax Harwood ain't actually pissed off at that. Uh, very fun. I loved it. What I'd like to talk about is, um, well, we had a ladder match that opened it up that was Buddy Matthews versus Andrade. Uh, Zach, I'm taking over. Sorry. What do you think about that match, Zach?
3: Uh, I thought it fucking ruled. I was, it, you know, it's just like, okay, we got a ladder match to open a show on a Saturday night. Like, this is a fucking party show.
0: I mean, and, back uh, when we were doing NXT awesome. takeovers, we were, at some point, we were probably like, I'd love to see Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy versus Andrade. I mean, that shit fucking ruled.
1: Yeah, it was, it was yeah. dare I say, a... Uh, I won't say instant classic, but probably a fancy booking that we've done at some point in the past. Uh, they went hard for Andrade's mask. And the fact that uh, we still haven't seen House of Black versus LFI to me is so intriguing. Andrade won this chapter. The war is still coming because at some point all f- six people are going to be in this a, a scenario in some form or fashion, you will have trios championships on the line with basically no rules involved, and then at that point, that's when you won't really see this shit get get started. But this was a really good Wembley. That that's you know you think? yeah, that would make total sense. R- Roosh just uh, resigned or whatever. You bring Jerlistico in. You already got House of Black. That smells like Wembley.
0: When it comes to Wembley, that sounds and, like a fucking amazing match, dude. When it comes to Wembley, I'm kind of just along for the ride because they always manage. They never, they fucked up a few pay-per-views. They might be on a little bit, you know, to use Jason's phrase, they might be leaking oil a little bit because the last couple p our pay-per-views haven't been great. At least the last one wasn't. Um, but they usually, it usually pulls together at the end and they put on a great fucking pay-per-view. Forbidden door fucking ruled, obviously. Um, there is a pay-per-view the very next week. <laughs> All in and all out are a week apart, which is fucking weird. Uh, Wild. What, what do you think about that, Jason? I mean, what do you? Th- how do you think that changes stuff like Adam Cole versus MJF? Are they going to have the turn at Wembley? I don't think they should do that.
1: They got you know they
0: got three more weeks of Honestly, television. Honestly, that- I
1: think the turn, you know, who turns on who happens before Wembley, so that way. That's what I think too. I hope so. You you at least have some sort of clear heel face, you know, roll going in. It's gonna be Wembley, so Wembley's gonna do whatever the fuck they want to do anyway, so ultimately it doesn't matter. But to answer the question, I think a turn happens before the physical match itself. Uh what else happened, Zach?
3: Alright. Uh oh man, I really buried the lead here. Um yeah. Aaron Solo attacked Miro backstage. Can't believe we didn't talk about that as a one count. Yeah, I know. Uh but uh no the uh, this is completely random. It doesn't really mean anything, but it was just it's worth mentioning that the Darby Allen beat Minoru Suzuki. It's like just the open challenge kind of thing. Not that he has a belt, but just like
2: uh, no, it,
1: Darby it, wanted some man. He, he, Darby Darby was like, look. What I'm you think off. about this match, Jason? Honestly, I didn't. Uh, I was at work obviously uh, on Saturday, and I usually go out after my last table, I go out, smoke a cigarette, smoke a little weed, you know, kind of decompress a little bit, and I didn't even look at Twitter or Facebook, because I was like, you know, I want to be genuinely surprised, because MJF, Adam Cole, FTR was the main event, I was like, I don't want to see shit, I want to know shit, so I'm watching this, you know, blinded, and you know, Darby's coming out, he's like, you know, I want somebody, I want somebody, and then Suzuki's music hit. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, it's like, that's your ass, Mr. Postman, Um, but ultimately... this is Darby's build towards Wembley. Him and Christian, or I'm sorry, I, I'm assuming it's going to be Luchasaurus at Wembley. It should be Christian Cage, but uh,
3: they're actually in Chicago. Oh,
1: that, that that, is. That's, that's the a, only
3: announced match for oh. Chicago.
1: Okay, so that's the uh, the Chicago. Uh, see, there you go. I guess that's going to be part of the problem where you have to worry about um, booking for. All in, all out. Wembley versus Chicago. At the end of the day, uh, I would like to see that at Wembley, honestly. Does does anybody look
0: like they're having more fun than Minoru Suzuki? Christian Cage. Well, yeah, Christian Cage is having fun. I was about to say, that motherfucker is living his best life right about now. I think Minoru Suzuki fucking loves America, dude. I've never worn a
3: turtleneck and not had fun.
0: (laughs) Uh... There's a very good friend of ours, some might say that he's part of the podcast, who does not like Minoru Suzuki matches at all. And I can just hear him cringing right now, but he's wrong. They're fun. Uh, Darby, yeah, yeah. Allen, Darby Allen versus Minoru Suzuki was fun, man. And it was a good, good big win for Darby uh, with a smart finish. Uh, he basically rolled him up in a pretty cool way. And I was into it. What's, what's next?
3: Uh, We did have. um, There was a few other matches. Um, There's only one more thing that I really wanted to talk about, which is uh, CM Punk coming out as uh, the Hollywood Hogan
2: 2023 and
3: representing the AEW belt. I mean, he's been doing it right. Like in the matches, he's doing the ear cupping. He's on the leg drop. Like he's fully transforming into Hollywood Hogan. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Would uh, so he
3: comes that. out and basically just announces himself uh, you know, AEW the real AEW world champion and then Starks comes out and says that you know, he deserves a match because he's pinned him twice in the last two weeks uh, It's just a nice setup It's like a logical story Punk says that he wants a special enforcer because of all the fuckery and then they say Ricky the Dragon Steamboat boat uh, just out of nowhere but uh, that's, uh, you know gonna be a fun match um i don't know i think the two belts thing is for some people and it's not for some people and it's not for me i think there's people out there who really like it i think it's just a matter of taste i've never liked the two belts thing i think the only time i ever liked it was uh like uh Shawn michaels razor ramon and that was it
0: yeah i mean this is uh, i'm sorry it's just not the belt it's like, you can strip somebody of the belt. If you're a promotion or a boxing commission, you can strip somebody of the belt if they can't defend it due to injury. You can strip somebody of the belt for any reason that you want to.
3: Dude, CM Punk saying he's the champion is like Trump saying he's the president.
1: Oh,
2: whoa, true.
1: whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just go ahead and hit it, motherfucker. You close this He don't know <laughs> one it is. When NBA jams?
0: C- CM Punk when CM Punk left the WWE with the belt and then John Cena won it on the next raw and then CM Punk came out. I know I talked about it last week. It's the exact same thing except when Cena held up his belt, it's like you don't really believe that. It's like CM Punk can't believe that he just because he never lost that he's the fucking champion. He's not the champion. It's a made up belt. It's
1: it, it's it's a uh, Taz probably invented it. Mm-mm. See, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. Hang on, hang on. It's two fake belts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Michael Wallace. Let let me do this correctly. You ain't shit.
0: That's two fake belts that they got going around. Now they got RVD. Okay, I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's coming. Like, I guess that's more exciting than saying the big show or something. I don't know. It doesn't really pump me up.
1: I'll just say this, and and I've said it before, and I'm not going to back down from it. As much as I'm not a huge fan of punk, it He makes a point, and this is boxing, UFC, MMA, whatever. He didn't lose. He lost because he got hurt. Yep, but so MJF. have the belt from you. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that you can't. But MJF right now is your interim champion, the same way that Thunder Rosa was an interim champion, the same way... Uh, Tony Storm was an interim champion, same thing. So if we're going to do this, say have that same energy. MJF right now, as we speak, is your interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion.
0: Are you are you telling me that or are you telling other people?
1: <laughs> Speaking to the masses, motherfucker. Cuz
0: I cuz I don't believe it. I don't good. I don't believe it. They never it, the the promotion did not call him interim champion. But if you're,
1: if you're going to do, do it the way that they've done it before in the past, that somebody gets hurt, they take the title off of them, and then they crown a new champion, and that champion is an interim champion. They've done it multiple times before. Zach and I have had this conversation about this. Was I there? Yes. Yeah, so actually, you were because it was on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do think they did that whenever the injuries were going to be, like, fewer than six months or some shit. Um so maybe there's like a threshold if you do like say after this they do some kind of interim thing because somebody's gonna be out for two months or whatever not that defends depends every two months anyway but uh, you know what I mean um I don't know we will we'll, uh
0: that we'll belt that, that belt to not. me is a step above the FTW and a stop. St- and a step yes. below the 24/ 7 stop.
1: <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop you ain't shit I don't care what nobody uh, says that, that's the fucked up uh, shit all right what else uh, you got so Dick?
3: moving on to dynamite uh we had uh this opened up uh with more uh Jericho and Don Callis which um when Don Callis is involved I'm I'm watching but um the match was fine but it was just really all about the story which was Don Callis uh who do you hit on the head with Emilio Garcia with the uh, with the bat? Sammy. And uh, they were Sammy, and so uh, <laughs> yeah, Jericho pins him, but he's not happy about it. Um, so this leads to more um, kind of a drama on the Jericho Appreciation Society. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, where do you guys think he'll end up? Where do you think uh, Jericho will just, like, reforge the Jericho Appreciation Society? you think he'll join with Kalos? you think he'll just strike out on his own?
0: I think he joins Callis for a while. I agree too. Um, I think he, I think they're gonna next they're gonna, weeks. they're gonna guilt trip him into a into a another heel. I don't know. Is that a heel turn into a?
1: No, he was never a yeah, baby face. I, I
0: know. It just does seem like he's acting kind of baby ish.
1: How you gonna act baby yeah, face? Right because he's, he's being right loyal he's like to his friends. Cleaner. He saw Don Callis hit. Sammy Guevara in the head with the bat. But he was conflicted. If you're that goddamn <laughs> conflicted, then you don't take the pin. That's the heel move. Heels don't Be- get heels don't get conflicted. Heels Tweet, tweeter at best. Tweeter at best. I'll meet you halfway with the conflicted part of it, I'll give you that.
0: He's like Everything me. else, I'm conflicted too. Uh, all the we, we time, we all
1: are. We all are. Some more conflicted than God others. God gives
0: us crosses to bear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Of you... <laughs> That's a, this is the guy that uh that the McMahons are trying to save, you know, in the McMahon, you know, they're tearing their quads episode. You know, it's not actually Jesus Christ, it's Bill Veggie.
2: <laughs> There's no halfway crooks. No halfway... <laughs> no halfway crooks. <laughs> you know
0: uh, uh what's next?
3: What do you guys think about uh, RVD versus Jack Perry? Do you guys have that on your 2023 bingo card <laughs> for the FTW title? If you did, you're probably going to win that $101.25 1.25 billion mega million. Oh
2: no uh,
1: shit! I lo- <laughs> I
0: love Rob Van Dam being like, "Yeah, I've won it plenty of times, and I just retire it." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, you can look it up. You can watch it to Renee Paquette. Very funny. Uh, you know, this is this is fine. You know, I like." As long as Jungle Jack Perry goes over, then I'm completely fine with it. If RVD goes over and does win the FTW, I'll only be for it if he actually does retire it.
1: That'd actually be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I know. Because it's not about it. it doesn't need to be there anyway. Is RVD going to fight Jungle Jack? Is it going to be RVD Jungle Jack Perry at Wembley?
1: No, I thought they were going to do it uh, next week, I thought. I know,
0: but they're, are they going to have, like, a rematch or something? No, no I, 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 think that, I think Wembley deserves a little more. Man, than- I really thought when Jerry Lynn came out and said, it's somebody who fought in ECW, I, I made the joke last week about Tommy Dreamer. I was like, oh, please be Tommy Dreamer. Now he signed with
1: Impact. He can't I do know- that shit. Yeah, but still, they...
0: They bounce around sometimes.
1: No, no, no that that impact AEW. I would partnership I would, is done. Done.
0: I would give up missing every single prediction for the next calendar year if I would have nailed that prediction. I would have loved it. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Coming out with a pro shoot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> a pro shoot. I
3: love. I love the way you said that. Oh, uh, man. What else we got? All right. So we had a uh, completely arbitrary, nonsensical, no reason for it, triple threat. It was, if anything goes, triple threat that just happened to be amazingly awesome. Like, I know we set it up last week or whatever, but, like, not a ton of it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but it's just, like, hate, hate, hate. <laughs> and they just had, like, the most violent match uh, with no builds. Like I know that again, I know that we set this up recently and there's some animosity, but this is not like a blow off feud. but there was barbed wire and you got maybe probably your number one star in the entire company doing superplexes through table. Um, just absolutely bonkers. Uh, and then now we're gonna lead into a tag team street fight, just like we got like the five star classic. Uh, oh yeah, also this is Dynamite 200. So we got a bunch of cool, Really cool video package with like all of the cool shit that we saw in Dynamite yeah, was in the last super four cool. years. That was really awesome. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're gonna get the street fight, kind of like the the new version of the the best friends versus uh, uh what were proud and powerful. <sighs> Jesus Can't believe Christ. I even pulled that out.
0: Oh my god, I forgot about them. What a terrible name. A fucking man. That's like, I mean, we could go, we could come up with some terrible. Oh, like all the time,
1: yeah, all the time. Like top five, just from terrible. AEW.
0: Jesus Christ! I was thinking about uh, real quick aside. I was thinking about when Luke Harper and Eric Rowan were the guys that carried hammers. What were they called? Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers. I I was like, I was like, it's like the Basham Brothers or something. I uh, forgot about but those that's, guys. That's WWE, Man, but still, I tried not real, the last. I tried real hard bad. to convince myself that that was cool. I think I spent <laughs> a lot of time trying to convince you guys that was cool, too. That was not cool. <laughs> um, uh, was shit, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, this match fucking ruled. It's like it's like John Moxley Trojan Horst death matches into aew <laughs> in the form of dean ambrose and like he was like okay my four-year plan is we're going to be having fucking crazy death matches for no reason at 7:40 <laughs> central time on wednesday nights <laughs> yeah. It's like I Sounds I, good, John. Let's do I it. I had the exact same reaction Zach to that. I was like, why are these guys so pissed at each other? And then Moxie <laughs> pulls out the text. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs> this <Let's laughs> elevated <it> quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean when you take it when you take into consideration those two matches that he recently had with uh El Desperado, and you take into account the blood and guts match, and then this match, I mean he is just a full on death match fighter now.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, he did the thing with um, Jean Cassai in New
0: Japan too. That's
3: no, thing. that's what
1: we're talking about. Like he had the, uh, the tag matches. That was the uh, July Fourth oh, weekend Desperado. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Because I
0: mean, he same, he fought Desperado two nights in a row. Yeah, or two shows in a row, singles, one singles and one tag. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This match ruled. It, this match was awesome.
1: It had no business being as good as it Crazy was. Crazy
0: spot with Beretta and Moxley off of the turnbuckle onto
1: the outside through two tables for no reason i'm like dude y'all need to stop it stop it i get it it's dynamite 200 that was a crazy i get it but i'll be damn man there was so many times where i was just like oh god please just hit this right oh god please hit this (laughs) just right because there was there was guys that could have easily gotten hurt
0: it was extremely enjoyable yes but uh, very lucky that all
3: six walked away this was like the pro wrestling equivalent of like a rate road rage incident.
1: Just yeah. like
3: three people <laughs> meeting in the middle of a highway, and like they've never seen each other in their lives. Within thirty seconds, they're fighting. To
2: be done.
0: <laughs> Very good stuff.
3: Uh, then we had uh, MJF and Adam Cole's all-in announcement. MJF pure babyface promo. Uh, he's told the story before. Pick him up, dear boy. Pick him up. Uh, he's a really good actor. Uh, Like, I actually think if you could get past the layers, which would take, um, I don't know, whoever would, uh, but I'm sure that there's a handful of people out there to get past the layers of MJF. He'd probably be, like, actually, like, good to hang out with because he's obviously, like, really into the same things that we're really into as far as, like, pro wrestling stuff. He's just so good at this because, I mean, just him saying, like, Oh, I'm still a scumbag, but I'm ready to be your scumbag. Just perfect. Uh, and then we're you know, we're setting up a baby face versus baby face. I don't know. Um, I think they might write it out until I think the turn might happen at Wimbley, uh Wembley, but um, I think I'll maybe disagree with you guys on that uh, to make things interesting, but uh, yeah, this is pretty much just uh, them announcing the main event for all in, which is good because we are a month away from uh, the biggest pay-per-view of their history. One of the biggest pay-per-views in history as far as just live attendance goes. So uh, I'm ready to see some matches. I'm, you know, I knew what SummerSlam was like five, six weeks ago. I need to know what's on this card. I'm confident they'll get there, but like, want to see it.
1: No, I agree. And I think this is a step in that direction where, the top of the card kind of has to be established first versus before you can start really getting to the the other matches that I think eventually are going to happen. And we, we just talked about this before, what's going to be Wembley's main event. This is a good start. Now from there, you know, you're going to have to figure out where the elite fit in, where's Punk fit in, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, just for the physical segment itself, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of waiting for MJF to come out and be pissed, still pissed that he lost the match on Saturday night. And then this is where I expected the, the actual turn to take place. When he got the contract, he was like, you don't deserve this match. You don't deserve a match. You deserve the match. That's what I was like. Okay. All right. And I like it. So they're, they're doing just enough to keep us moving over to the next week. So next week, now, even knowing what's going to happen, you're going to come to Dynamite just to figure out, find out what's going to happen next week. Because they're going to have MJF Cole in some sort of build, in some sort of fashion. Like I said, from that point, well, that's where I think you'll see MJF show his true colors.
0: I don't know, man. That was a real big baby face promo. No, I, no it was great. I, I, it was great. It was great. And, you Is know... the first. We've ever gotten for attention deficit
3: disorder. It's got the second
1: one. No, it's the second one. He did he said it one time beforehand and it was it was stealing. They got a chance. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I didn't know you guys were fans of A D D
0: Yeah, a bunch of A D D motherfuckers don't they had to take a letter out. It's actually ADHD. (laughs) So quick to do it, they took a letter out. Um really uh I, I really like this. Uh like I said, I'm along for the ride. I I I'm gonna put my faith in them. Um they got three more weeks of television to tell the story, and obviously Roddy Strong and the Kingdom are gonna have something to do with that, especially Roddy Strong back there. That
1: motherfucker's losing his mind with that neck brace on, man. Somebody <laughs> needs to tell him to chill the fuck out. It's
0: like somebody That's told why him you can't he, come back like, to It's like, it's like somebody told process. him he is the father. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Golf clap,
1: golf clap. Yes, that motherfucker it's lost like his was, goddamn mind. He's backstage, mind. You're looking at the monitor. He's like, "What the fuck?" That motherfucker lost his shit. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is why you can't get back to active fucking play right here. You over losing your mind backstage because Adam Cole baby wants to hang out with MJF. Chill out.
3: <laughs> shit. Um, all right, uh, moving on uh, this is a packed show, which makes sense you know, AW200. Um, you know, they got a little nostalgia, they got RVD, but they don't have all the nostalgia acts to kind of bring in like a raw, you know, whatever, raw 30.
0: It was a but, good uh, episode of Dynamite. Yeah. Overall,
3: yeah. Uh, then we had a match that the only reason I'm going to bring it up is because it was way more entertaining than it should have been with, uh, Oh yeah. The, uh, young bucks of Kenny Omega, the elite versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Leaf, and so I'm Kenny Omega is doing spots with Jeff Jarrett and the young bucks are doing spots with Tottenham thing and the crowd loves all of it.
2: (laughs) That's what you (laughs) call
0: what you want it, but not what you expected. I did not expect to turn on my television and see Jeff Jarrett, Kenny Omega mixing it up. And brother, I was a fan of it.
2: It was good.
0: Jeff Jarrett, you know how they say like Jim Cott, the pitcher that used to pitch for the Cardinals and uh, I think I think like Texas and uh, Milwaukee and stuff, he faced Ted Williams and Barry Bonds. Like that's how his career stretched. That's how he pitched from fifty nine to eighty three or something. That's wow, like
3: that's pretty cool.
0: That's like Jeff Jarrett. Like Jeff Jarrett probably wrestled some fucking old old school guys, and now he's in there with the acclaimed and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and shit. That is funny.
3: I wonder who the oldest uh, guy, like the, the 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 oldest legend that he wrestled, like that was actually still working well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to dive into that because whenever you talk about it now, I feel like just showing having that juxtaposition is important. I, I love this analogy.
0: Yeah, he yes, he might have wrestled somebody born in the 30s. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely could have. Jason, you're rolling your eyes, but he might have. That's great. If he was fighting in the 80s, yeah, if he was fighting in the 80s, there's 50-year-olds that wrestle. There's 50-year-olds that wrestle. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool to think about. Um, anyway, uh, what else we got?
3: I mean, regardless, that's he was I'm in high-profile totally high views with Ric Flair. Just that, that guy, high-profile feud with Ric Flair in his prime. As, hey, uh, hang yeah. on, man, hang
1: on, hang on. As the Ric Flair fan in the room. I barely remember that, so let's not sit up here and say this is high profile of Ric Flair feuds.
3: Okay, WCW
0: Nitro, like, uh, yeah, I
1: don't know. I mean, it was on television.
3: A a huge boom.
0: You don't have to argue this one, Jason. Like, it's just a fact. Like, he's faced guys in the that were born in the '30s and '40s. And he's faced guys that were born in the 2000s, that's, probably.
1: That's not what I'm arguing about, okay, motherfucker. It, so just, let, just 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 because you're a, you know the local president of the Jeff Jarrett fan club of you know St. Charles, Missouri, <laughs> does not mean that you have to defend him at every given point. What I said was that I don't remember as the Ric Flair fan in the room. I don't remember any sort of Jeff Jarrett Ric Flair feud that was like oh shit everybody stop like, hey hey it's Jeff Jarrett and Rick Flair man stop no they no 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 it was, was never like that That's not and act as you, like as what. you get older memory does
3: fade so i don't
0: i don't, yeah.
2: well, don't, don't...
0: <laughs> you are grabbing like the smallest piece of what we're saying and saying yeah. that's not true <laughs> we're just saying it's kind of cool that Jeff Jarrett's been around for so long
1: that's all I'm that's all i'm saying you. I see what you mean, but yeah. I'll, I'll let, and I didn't say anything. And Did I did I say anything up to that point? No. Once he said it was a Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, you know, classic, you know, feud, that's when I jumped in. Okay, at.
0: let me ask you a question right now, a prediction. When next year's PWI 500 comes out. Oh, Jesus no, Christ. You don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you don't know where I'm going. When next year's PWI 500 comes out, will Satnam Singh be on it?
1: No. No. <laughs> Thank you. No. That
0: motherfucker running the ropes made me just feel sorry for him. I'm like that's the <laughs> biggest human I've ever seen.
1: And that's why he probably shouldn't be. He's got
0: to be bigger than Omas, right?
1: Oh yeah. God, yeah. he is <laughs> fucking huge. Oh yeah.
3: I don't know if he just really wants to wrestle. Like he, he doesn't need to wrestle. He's just that guy. If he's a big guy and do the big big guy.
0: I mean, I want I want to know how much that motherfucker weighs for real. He is fucking. It's got to be like four fifty. It's got to be.
1: It's got to be. He should never run the ropes ever again in life. I
0: thought the ropes were going to snap.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> I th- or he was going to do that, or he was like going to do a backflip over him or something. Like the clothesline spot they did the week before, it looked like he hit his head on the way over, and you see it he needs all to, the time. He needs
0: to just watch Undertaker over and over and over again. That motherfucker could run the ropes.
1: Oh my god! And the ropes
3: would. I get think my head's so going like, to Like the ropes, he had
0: so much faith in his own running the ropes. Yeah, because there were times where Undertaker would run the ropes, and you're like, he's going to flip oh back backwards over that motherfucker. Very good at running the ropes. Uh, what else we got?
3: Uh-huh. So then uh, we saw two black men murder a white teenager. Um, <laughs> it was pretty, like, they went in, he beat the shit out of Nick Wayne, and he just, like, smashed the fucking glass over his head, he's bleeding everywhere, and they made him call his best friend. <laughs> it was fucking dark, man. I loved it. It
0: was dark. Like, right-wingers on Twitter are going to cut, like, a clip of that out and be like, look what's happening in South Africa. Exactly,
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure AR Fox, A.R. Fox had, like, something. It wasn't a knife, but it was, like, a sharp thing. And he was like, he's like, open your phone. Put in a passcode of your phone. And he's
2: like, open, oh like, a goddamn <laughs> God knife. Was I, do,
0: I do want to say that, that that beatdown scene, extremely effective. It really, I was like, God ah, damn, this is pretty fucking cool. These guys
1: are cool together. Swerve and AR Fox are cool together. I like AR Fox. AR
3: Fox is a dude now.
1: Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I think they kind of made AR Fox in, it's, in one failed swoop with this. Didn't really, wasn't expected. When they were like, you know, AR Fox is, you know, a part of my... Uh, my new movie or whatever. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm already rolling my eyes. Like, what kind of fuck shit is this? And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in uh, <laughs> Nick Wade's backyard. I'm like, oh, no, this can ready to get ugly. I don't know if the... Yeah, color
3: they're doing Suburban Commando 2, Electric Boogaloo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if the... If the uh... The picture spot was real if you if it, the the color was real, but the color was effective enough to where now I'm like, okay, we got some you got some serious beef going on over here. That was cool. Ar Fox is is basically now a, a made heel check mark there. The only question I ask is, where's Keith Lee? Where's Keith Lee?
0: He was eating inside the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick Wayne's
3: mom had just made a pie, and he had stolen it off the windowsill.
2: Motherfucker,
1: this ain't life. <laughs> you ain't like Keith Lee fast enough to get his black ass over there to get to the pie to begin with. <laughs> he ain't that damn fast. Mark Gores was faster than the motherfucker. You know, at least Mark Gores would get over to the pie and be eating that shit to the point where it's like, okay, what's happening? Oh, man, the black man's eating the pie. Shoot See, the N-word. That's the
0: kind of thing that we should cut out and put on TikTok. I know. You know me. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> listeners, we'd have Keith Lee stealing the pie off the windowsill. That is some classic, classic Hulk. shit.
1: Hulk Hogan would would like that. <laughs> Hulk Hogan approves of this message. Um,
3: oh, the, he did. He did like pull the picture out of the frame too. He's like, hey, let me just lay this here down right wherever you found out that you he, he wasn't gonna be around anymore.
2: Oh my!
0: Oh god. my god! Cold shit. Just the coldest shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh! So this is the this is the this is the train room. That's what I thought. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay.
2: <laughs> I was
0: like, oh, oh, they're in it to win it.
1: So we're not just going to have an exhibition, huh?
0: <laughs> I bet there were people watching the TV calling nine one one.
1: Oh my God! There's two black men that are assaulting this poor. It's happening on the TV right now. <laughs> this poor. It is. To a little white got guy. Got Just stop. Stop it. Edwin, tell him to stop. <laughs> Jesus. Cover,
0: covering their kids' eyes and shit. Oh, yeah. Not letting them watch it. I
3: tell you what. Swerve got, and uh, it'll probably be, a, maybe a, this is what they do with, like, a tag team. like. Uh, but I feel like Swerve, A.R. Fox, and, like, somebody else from, like, Mogul Embassy, right, versus uh Seeing Darby Allen and Nick Wayne to open Wembley oh that sounds like a winner
0: man
1: I hate to say it but that almost sounds like that that makes a whole lot of fucking sense well, you can know, Nick St- Wayne get his fucking passport <laughs> I mean, that's like the, that's the, the passport. question <laughs> right. can he come out of the country actually take that back he went to Japan so he's fine
0: oh yeah Worried about uh, worried about right. Sting in another match. <laughs> it's one more man.
1: He's gonna be one more. lagged and shit. <laughs> you you're not gonna have to jump off the ladder this time, okay? Just chill out.
0: He's coming off the top of Wembley. Um, <laughs> Sting's bringing Nick Wayne for the Adrenochrome. <laughs> Oh uh,
3: okay, so Aussie Open
2: This
3: yeah. Kingo and Commander.
0: Right.
3: ROH off. titles. This is an action packed match. Uh I mean just something to where you knew what was gonna happen, but also also knew what was gonna happen because you were gonna have a great match. And these guys weren't just going nuts. I love this thing. This this is just you know, this is a match that if somebody was like, why do you watch pro wrestling?
1: Like, I wouldn't show them this match. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that was pretty cool.
0: Man, just a match on Freak TV with Aussie Open versus Vakingo and Commander.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. Put the the kayfabe bullshit aside, and I had to for a second. I was like, damn, this is where the title's okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> the kingdom's on, in the chat, you know. Um, this was what you want to see just to pay money to walk in the door and just be entertained, and that's what this was. Two of the best, at least, luchadors on one side versus one of the best tag teams, in my opinion, the best tag team in the world right now, and Austin Open on the other. It was worth it. I mean, you knew who was going to win, but the, the ride was worth the wait. So, in that scenario, Austin Open stays hot. I want to see if they go to Wembley or not. That's a, That's another question. I would assume they would stay here, but obviously we'll see what happens. All right, and what was next?
3: Uh, oh, and then we had the main event, Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm. This was kind of uh, the House of Torture title match, uh, but where the House of Torture actually just failed uh, over and over again. And um, yeah, a lot of drama. The crowd was really into this match because of the interference and because it kept actually failing. But uh, Hikaru Shida, wins the AEW World Women's title from Tony Storm. We we'll have to close out a big show with a big title change and a lot of confetti and celebration. So, um, I know they've been building cheat up a little bit, and the Tony Storm stuff's been a little stale, but uh, it, it did seem kind of out of nowhere. But they had a good match.
1: Were you surprised, Jason? No, actually, I saw this on uh, Twitter last night, so... My initial reaction was, I guess, a little surprised, but the cynicism in me is wondering how Sheeta is getting ready to get usurped for the title at this point. Um, it feels like a makeup call. I think they did it with Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, and now we're doing it with Sheeta. You know, people that have been interim champions, in this case, Sheeta being the pandemic champion. I think you you could have done a lot more with Sheeta, especially when she's the longest reigning ADW women's champion of all time. But another story for another time. Was I surprised? Somewhat. Do I expect a lot? No. Uh yeah, this match was pretty good. Uh I I was glad that
0: Sheeta won. Uh just because I like Zach said, Tony Storm has gotten stale. She's real stale for me and I'm a fan. Um but yeah, I was cool with Sheeta winning and the match was good.
3: Well, that was AEW. Uh, we got some good shit coming up um, in the next week or so, but it's also going to be tied in with uh, SummerSlam and a lot of G One. So they're going to have to really pull out all the breaks
2: yeah. to
0: be noticed. But we'll be covering that here on Band from Ringside Podcast. Uh, yeah, we got Ricky Starks and CM Punk on Saturday, which should be cool. For the Real World Championship,
1: the X Championship.
0: <laughs> Let's get to that three count.
1: I'm sure we could do better. We we need to put our heads together and come up with a better name for CM Punk's title. The Swerving Our Glory Belt. <laughs> I said we could do better. Naturally mother. limitless. <laughs> we could do better. I, this is not worse tag team names at this point, okay? Okay.
3: Uh, so for the, the New three- World Straight Edge Organization. Okay. Ooh, All right. Like All right. That.
0: See, there you go. There you go. Um, So we have the Great American Bash Sunday night, the NXT pay-per-view. Uh, just so you know, for the prediction side of things, uh, Jason leads the way with six. Zach in second place with five. Yours truly bringing up the rear with four points. Uh, so Jason back in the lead with 42 points. Bill in second place with 41. And Zach... Lagging behind with forty, uh, <laughs> so I guess the oh man, <laughs> what you doing back there, I think the big story coming out of this, at least the big story for me, I picked Dragon off, and I really liked Carmelo Hayes versus Dragon off. But I think the big story is Dom retains. All of us had it, but I mean, Dom has was in the main event segment for SmackDown, Raw, and NXT, and NXT that week. Uh,
1: no, 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 notorious.
0: We are living in the Dom, Dom world.
1: <laughs> uh, what
0: do you think about the pay-per-view overall, Jason?
1: Um, it was good. To me, the biggest story coming out of it was Andre Chase throwing in the towel for Thea Hale and the ramifications thereof. I was kind of always looking at Duke Hudson with side-eye. He didn't feel like a babyface to me, and I think this might be a a way to turn him against Andre Chase and have a little uh, infighting into chase you. To me, Tiffany Stratton is not a submission wrestler, so how you had her win the match was, to me, the question. Having somebody throw in the towel for you, especially with Thea Hale being so over-the-top, so enthusiastic, and doesn't want doesn't feel like she wants to quit. She would want to be doing a a stone cold pass out scenario versus somebody throwing in the towel for her. To me, that was the biggest story. Dragon and and Carmella was a great match. That to me was the at the end where the title came into play. The physical title came into play where Dragon off hit the title and then that's where the match kind of changed. To me, the bigger story was. Andre Chase throwing in the towel for Thea Hill. Zach, what was your
0: biggest takeaway?
3: It is on my list to watch immediately after doing this
0: podcast.
3: Gotcha. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. You suck. laughs>
3: too, much, uh, too much wrestling, guys, but uh, I uh, am looking forward to it. i still going to watch it.
0: Tons of wrestling. Uh, the Family versus Gallus was a good curtain jerker. Uh, the Tony D'Angelo is over. I think that Stax has a little bit more work to do, but definitely got the crowd uh, going and the gallus attacking the family on the way into NXT the next uh, show was really good too.
1: I also want to I'm talk about safe work environment, man.
0: I also I know that part. The NXT parking lot is the most dangerous base, place to be in wrestling.
1: If I was an NXT like you know character or just wrestler coming in there would have to be some sort of Clause in my contract if I get jumped in the, the parking lot then like everything else happens you gotta to go take away. an uber and circle around a couple <laughs> times make sure nobody's
3: hanging out there be like hey, hey you no. just go run the block <laughs> right I'll One give you time. a good that's tip uh, I'll give you a good tip right
1: five stars player <laughs>
3: uh man got indicted by a grand jury this week for the nxt parking lot and all the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah that's there's right kidnapping
0: uh oh yeah man so
3: much kidnapping
0: bad news Brock, so, uh, not Brock. Uh, Last week, we had a big disagreement between the three of us. You guys said there's no way that that you could see Gable Stevenson losing the match against Baron Corbin. <laughs> I said there was no way that Baron Corbin was going to lose the match against Gable Steveson, and guess what?
2: They took the- We were all right.
1: <laughs> they took the easy way. Nobody, out. So like, Nobody you know lost what? anybody. <laughs> do, you, Done.
0: do you think it's possible that whoever was the agent for that match had recently watched
1: uh, Gabriel <laughs> Kidd and, and Kaido Kiyomiya? Because it was kind of the same thing. It, it kind of was. I, I honestly, I never thought about that until you said it right now. It kind of was, but the, to me, the funny part about it was, and I watched it live. I don't know if anybody. Well, I, you didn't. Did you watch it live or no? No. So watching it live, to see the NXT crowd literally turn on. Stevenson just at a drop of a dime. I mean, he, he didn't even do anything. It was just like you know, he wrong yeah. place, wrong time, and we just you know what? We just gonna root for Baron Corbin. You know, Fuck how, you. you
0: know how much people have to hate you for you for to have a crowd root for Baron Corbin. They've never done it. They've literally, <laughs> literally. never done it. Was,
1: it. it was one of the wildest. He's literally never, never been cheered. It, it, anytime time <laughs> G- Gable Stevenson did anything, it was like, boo, I was like, damn dog, you, you act like he was the guy who was jumping him." No. Gabe Steves is just trying to hang out. You they know what have I'm never
0: tried to make him anything except the most despicable character possible. Remember when he was Constable Corbin? Oh, man. He's always been a heel. Constable Corbin. Oh, my God. That was so
1: and, and still, this crowd cheered for him, which was crazy. Uh,
0: so, um,
1: that was a strange decision.
0: I, I'm picking Baron Corbin for the next one, too. I'm going to ride it. Uh, <laughs> Dom... Mustafa Ali and Wesley was very fun. Uh, Right guy went over. Crowd was going nuts. Dragon Lee feels
1: like he's on deck.
0: Rhea played her part to a T. Yeah, Tuesday night, Dragon Lee came out, and uh, Rhea called him Rey Mysterio Jr., Jr., which was really, really funny. Um, But Rey Mysterio is going to be on NXT next week. Dom is facing Dragon Lee, and Rey Mysterio is going to be in Dragon Lee's corner. Title on the line? Yeah. Who you got? Dom,
1: okay. Dom, Dom, okay. This makes sure you—you know—you ain't jumping off the uh, notorious train just yet.
0: No, I'm not. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this? We still got SummerSlam predictions.
1: Uh, Blair nah. da-
0: Blair Davenport goes. Yeah, that's the only. Rox Roxanne Perez goes over Blair Blair Davenport.
3: No, actually, what do you think uh, about? I feel like uh, we could go to the main roster.
0: Who's that? You kind of cut out.
1: I I think both of them could go to the main roster. I think there's – and this is just me just jumping in and you you watch it a little longer, especially with this new roster. Blair Davenport feels like the one that probably is more ready-made, quote-unquote. I think Roxanne kind of has more of a story to tell, especially because she had dropped the title, and now she's still in NXT. And they didn't move her up after dropping the title, and usually that's what happens. You know, we've watched enough wrestling. That's how it works. For me, both are gonna go there. If I had to say one gets there first, Blair Davenport gets there first.
0: I don't know if there's any room for either one of them on the main roster. Shit,
1: I just really women
3: getting bumped off Summerslam.
1: Yeah, Um, (laughs) it's Trish and Becky. Let's not like act like this is a huge deal.
0: Well, they think that one of them might be hurt, right?
1: I don't know. That's
0: what what I heard. Okay, uh, Great American Bash was a good pay-per-view, Zach. I want you to enjoy it. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. All right, so we have SummerSlam predictions. Did Um, I do my shot already? God damn it. I just looked at the wikipedia and there's a match that i didn't have before that i gotta add on here so like i said jason's in the lead with 42 bill's got 41 Zach's got 40 that's why people tune in because they want to know who
1: wins this competition for the record uh, as now that i've taken back the lead Uh i'm not going to be braggadocious like some of us Uh uh, that have gotten the lead before like this is uh you know this is the tour de france it's you know you you can win the stages but the the big picture is winning the Tour de France. I respect. I respect that. stage five that nobody would ever remember in life. SummerSlam twenty three coming. Go up. Go ahead, Bo. Go ahead.
0: Hey Zach, you know what the uh, you know what the worst part about SummerSlam is? What's up? I got to change my safe word for a month. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: What's SummerSlam Me, bitch Just say SummerSlam <laughs> right. You got too many
3: syllables in that same word To begin with So we got... monosyllabic. <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah we got, For for one month it's blueberry Eight, <laughs> eight matches on the card uh, The one that I just had to add Was the 20 man Slim Jim I'm so glad 20 to man Slim Jim Battle Royal Jason who you got it's like LA
1: Knight, uh, yeah. Sheamus, um, Sheamus, and I'd LA rather N- just watch
3: twenty guys, twenty skinny guys named Jim, just get in there and have a real, actual, real battle royal. And that's
1: what I'm saying. It's I mean, battle royal. Nobody's. There's no stakes on this. I'll go with this. I'll say Sheamus wins on Friday night, but LA Knight wins this battle royal. Give me LA Knight. Uh, who do you got, Zach?
3: If LA Knight's in it, give me him. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a wash. It's a wash. Even though
3: I can't imagine that they're just building
1: him up to win the championship Battle. Jesus <laughs>
2: Christ,
1: <laughs> dude! Yeah, I, know, I mean, but... you jotted him out to fucking Bray <laughs> Wyatt. I mean, uh, you I know, don't... throw him a bone for
0: Christ's sake. I don't even feel like talking about this match anymore. We all pick an LA Knight, uh, so we never had to talk about it at all. Uh, we got Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. I'm going to
3: talk about it.
0: Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match. Zach, you're up first.
3: Uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, just because it seems like it's uh, Ronda on her way out. And I don't know why she would win on her way out, but
0: crazier things have happened. JCB.
1: You know. I was watching this um, vignette on uh, Monday night or whatever. Two vignettes. I mean, that's. They've never done two vignettes on Shayna Baszler on any sort of Monday night, or on Friday Night SmackDown, any given point on the main roster. They should have been doing this way before we got to this point. Now it feels like because Becky and Lita have take, been taken off the card. Now, oh, I'm sorry, Becky and um, Trish has been taken off the card. You put these two Jokers in, and now you got to build up. Should have been building up anyway. Natural uh, rivalry, neither here nor there. Obviously, Shayden wins at this point. Ryan Rousey's on the way out. But they should have been doing this to begin with, because now I'm actually interested to see the match. You've got me genuinely interested to see the bad blood play itself out on fucking TV bad one of the few bad draws by WWE under the uh the Triple H regime in my opinion. So you're taking Baszler. Yes, I am taking Ronda Rousey. I
0: think that you guys are right about everything, but it, when you like try to imagine yourself a week from now and looking back me like why didn't I pick that? It makes way more sense <laughs> to, for them to have Ronda Rousey win at SummerSlam because SummerSlam's a big look, and they like making people, outside people, look like a big deal. I'm taking Ronda Rousey, and I think Shayna Baszler gets her win back. Three
1: point for your boy. Gets her win
0: back at payback. <laughs> gets her win back at payback, and that's, that's when Ronda point. Rousey goes away. That's a free you, point for you, boys. You're going to make
1: it your Stone Cold Lead Pipe Block of the Week? Hang on, man. Let's, let's. I was just getting ready to ask, before we start talking about that, let's let's get the rules on deck. for the. What's the penalty if you lose? How many points if you lose? If you get it, it's if one point. If you lose
0: your Stone Cold Lead Pipe Block of the Week, you lose two points. That's that's why you gotta make it your Stone Cold Lead Block lock of the, of the week.
1: week. Okay, fair. But you don't have to do
0: the Stone Cold Lead just an. I option.
1: think we should. I think we should. I think every pay per view we should have a Stone yeah, Cold Lead Block of the Week and an upset Block of the Week. Everybody's gonna do it every time.
0: Every yes, you have to have one Stone Cold Lead by Block of the Week.
1: Yeah, at some point because that way it keeps it interesting. All right,
0: yeah. I'm taking Ronda Rousey. Okay, are you willing to make it your Shayna, ba- Shayna Baszler? Yes. your
1: Yes. That's your Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. If you're going to pin me down on it, yeah, you already pointed it like I was like the fucking, you know, the defendant on the, the, you know, the stand. You know, were you at such and such Listen, place at such and such I'm time? I'm just saying there's yeah, other well, matches.
0: I'm just saying there's other matches that you can use for your Stone Cold. Lead Roman Pipe Roman is week.
1: is probably the next one, and that's probably a very safe bet. But you know, I'll go with this one. You know, I'm not going to be always conservative. This feels like a spot where. Ronda is on the way out the door. Shayna Baszler is in. That Pike Lock of the Week. Shayna Baszler wins. Uh, next up, we have Gunther against Drew McIntyre for
0: the Intercontinental Championship. I will go first. I said before on this podcast that I am taking Gunther until Gunther proves to me that he ain't going to win. I will take Gunther. I, I think he's too close to Honky Tonk Man's record. For them to have him lose it right now. He is less than a month away, I think. Jason, who you got?
1: Of course, as you asked me as I was getting ready to Google Gunther's uh, rise to you prominence.
0: You don't need Google. I just told you. Anyway. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to Google Gunther's rise to prominence right now. <laughs> <laughs> See what I get.
1: Um, no, I agree with you. I really want to take Drew McIntyre because it feels like a spot for Drew McIntyre to win, I'm gonna still take. I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna take Gunther. I agree with Bill. It's it's Gunther until somebody takes it off of him. This is the first time that I really feel like there's somebody that can take it off of him, and that's Drew McIntyre. But we'll see what happens. I'll take Gunther. Zach, who you got? Uh,
0: I've got Gunther. Yeah. Uh, next up,
3: we Your have... Mavisar
0: is a very formidable opponent.
3: A fantastic opponent for him, and I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, this is
0: kind of a loaded card. Kind of want to see every single match. Uh, this is a fantastic SummerSlam. Yeah.
3: Like, they're yeah. they're white hot right now. They're, like, you know, like, before have been like, oh, AEW firing on all cylinders. WWE's been firing all cylinders since, like, Montreal, uh, Canada, the same as David Roman. They've been phenomenal
0: uh ricochet is facing logan paul in a singles match zach who you got
3: Uh, i got logan paul they usually put logan paul i said this a few weeks ago they usually put logan paul in a great position to look really good but get beat uh here he's gonna look really good and he's actually gonna beat somebody on a high profile show um that's the only reason they've been building ricochet up is for logan paul to beat him uh, but also looking forward to this match. The fact that it's the curtain jerker because Logan Paul has going to get on a private jet, in the flight of his Juicy Brothers boxing match um, is bonus points for me because that that sounds like a fun curtain jerker. Uh,
1: Jason, who do you got? <sighs> I really want to pick Ricochet. I really do, but I just can't. Um, I agree with everything that Three Rivers said. This feels like a a way to. You build up Ricochet to have Logan Paul get a, a really high-profile win, and if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't won a a big match, whether it's SummerSlam, WrestleMania, whatever the case may be. Um, Ricochet is somebody that you can go over and get that ball rolling, whatever yeah. wherever way you want to go with Logan Paul, because, I mean, he's not on the roster, so you can plug him in. At any given point, makes sense. I'll take Logan Paul. Logan Paul's got to win at some point. Yeah. He's got to win
0: something. And having him go over SummerSlam is a big fucking look, like I said, and Ricochet can take it. And really, this is one of those situations that sometimes Jason scoffs at. But it is one of those situations where just being in the ring with Logan Paul is a big deal for Ricochet. Wow. He's He's getting the rub.
1: The Logan He's
0: getting the Logan Paul rub. Jesus Christ! He's
1: really famous. Ricochet has gone all over the world, and he's going to get the rub from Logan Paul, wrestling in twenty twenty
0: three. Dude, I mean, wrestling, wrestling's as big as it's ever been. I mean, wrestling is hot.
1: I'm not disagree with that,
0: um, but especially with a writer strike, like you know, like pretty convincing man rubbing their hands
3: together, just hoping that the writer strike lasts a premium content for television.
0: We have Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar in the rubber match. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Cody. Zach? It's definitely
3: Cody. They had Brock beat this man senseless for two weeks in a row just to keep him, you know, Brock because Cody's going to beat him.
0: Can I? um,
1: You can can pick Brock if you want to.
0: No, I don't want to pick Brock, but, man, I kind of want to pick Brock because, all right, listen to my fantasy booking just for a second. (laughs) Cody's getting ready to win. Randall Keith Orton makes his comeback. Fucking RKO on Cody. Brock goes over, and you start a Cody-Orton feud, and it goes back to, uh, what were they called? Uh, Legacy. Yeah, legacy. Um. That's what I'm hoping. That, that would be me going on the limb and taking Brock Lesnar. I'm not taking Brock Lesnar. I'm taking Cody <laughs> Rhodes. <Rose.
2: Got> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but man. I like it. That would be cool. Because a Cody Randy feud would be cool. The promos um, would be fucking awesome. Well, I mean, the packages would be unbelievable.
1: If you had a yeah, healthy that's, that's money. If you had a healthy Randy Orton right now. And see, I guess okay, okay. Sometimes we, so, Ted DiBiase Jr. wanders into the background. Yeah, right. Of
0: like the like, so we all <laughs> agree. We all agree that Cody wins the
1: rubber match. Let's let's talk about what's next. And no points. We. I, I was thinking about this. I want. I should have said this should be for a point, but just for you know fantasy booking. Who is your next opponent for Cody going forward? Let's start three beer first. We'll go with Bill and then I'll go handle up last. Three beer. Who's the next opponent for Cody? Because we all agree that he's going to beat Brock. So, we, you know, it's what's next. Better yet, who's next?
3: Um, real quick, do you guys think that Ted DiGraffi, Jr., uh, is the driving cleaner to promote Cody Rhodes the Dar Company?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a very inside joke. <laughs> but, I don't- really love that image um who is his next opponent
2: um, yeah he's...
3: not anybody with a title um so somebody somebody obviously high up on the card
0: or at least like formidable
3: man i don't even know i haven't even I thought think about this.
0: i think it's finn <laughs> i think it's finn <laughs>
3: yeah but i, I I, 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 I want him to win the title. I, don't, I didn't want him to be wrestling anybody with the title because he seems like he's not going to go for that title anyway. So I almost think maybe it's Seth and I keep Seth away from the title while and yeah, uh, They could do Seth again. I don't, know, more? I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, this is genuinely... Uh, uh, I'm going to. If you, you got to put a gun to my head, uh, I'm going to say Bray White.
0: Dude... I just talked myself into Randy Orton. I really hope that happens. Um, up next, we oh, got awesome. well. Let's just stick on it. We got Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the title. I will go first. You got mine. I who are, spoiled it left? Oh, who are you taking?
3: Uh, I took Finn. I left on the on the last one, but oh, I think yeah. he's going to beat Seth, and I think he should beat Seth yeah. because I think that storyline is just still tailor really me.
0: Finn should go over here. Seth doesn't need it. Pass it along to Finn. This would give Finn, you know, the title run that he always kind of deserved. And uh, then you got the whole story with Damian Priest for a while. I'm down with it. I'm taking Finn Balor also. Jason, you taking Seth Rollins?
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sorry. I just, I can't see... The only reason that Seth wins, I, t- I take that back, Finn wins because of what, of all you guys, what you and uh, Three Beers said, it's a reason to win, you know, see Sheeta, you know, let's make it up to Finn, it's a, your your makeup call, whatever. I just, I'm, I'm sorry, Judgment Day is hot enough as a group where, I don't think Finn needs to win. You still have the intrigue, is especially if now Seth wins and you still have Damian Priest in the on-deck circle. I don't think you're necessarily fast enough to cash it in with Finn if he wins. But you're real fast to do it if Seth wins. I'm taking Seth, I'm sticking to it. Even if they don't cash it in, I still think Seth runs it probably through the rest of the year.
0: All right. Uh, and up next, we have the uh, th- triple threat match for the women's belt. We have Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. Jason, give it to me uh, least to most.
1: EO Sky on the on-deck circle. Um, I'm going to stick to what I've, I've said. I, I'm Or at least what I said in my head. I'm going to go Charlotte, least likely. Doesn't need it. Could easily win at any given point. You know, all kinds of fuckery going on. Like I said, with EO Sky on deck, Charlotte can win, and you can have EOs cashing in on on Charlotte. Not a big deal. We've seen it happen before. For Charlotte, it's not about title reigns, it's about title numbers at 14, really close to 16. Uh, In the middle, I'm going to go with Bianca. I think Bianca is probably the the one that has the most intriguing story. It feels like she could tip heel at any given point, but she's still playing babyface, but that's what I like. You know, Bianca has an argument for all kinds of shit. You know, I waited patiently for my fucking title rematch, but now here comes, you know, Miss Charlotte coming in, and now she's coming in, and we got this whole triple threat, and we shouldn't have it. You know, if I if I lost the title, it should be a rematch against the with the person that beat me. But now all of a sudden, you're gonna play favors with Charlotte. I'm gonna Bianca in the middle, but it's gonna be hard for me to get away with Oscar as one, especially with Eo on deck. I can, I just see them somehow, some way getting a, a title match, even if it's not a cash-in that night. And I don't think they cash-in that night. I think it's going to be a big-ass big tease. But I still like Oscar at one because ultimately I think we get EO Sky and Asuka at some point down the line.
0: I have it way different than you. I have Bianca have be, Bianca Belair least most likely to win. Um, I got Asuka in the middle, and I got Charlotte to win. When Charlotte's in a championship match without the belt, she wins the belt. I'm going to take Charlotte Flair uh, the safe And money. that's
1: why you can have E.O. Sky Cash in. So. Uh,
0: Zach, who you got? That's actually exactly what I had because I'm just like for that same
3: reason. It's like it's only like a triple threat is like the perfect kind of fuckery situation for Charlotte to win a belt.
0: And then last but not least we have Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso in tribal combat for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship in recognition of tribal chief. I will go first with my lead pipe lock of the week. I'm taking Roman Reigns. There is no way that Jay wins here, and Roman Reigns is going to destroy him. Jason, who you got? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love that you had that. In. <laughs> you know, I'm up. As I rolled my eyes, as I said it, it beforehand, and I, I made Chyna base my lead pipe lock of the week. I agree with you on this one. This is going to ultimately be Roman. I don't think he's going to destroy Jay. I think this is where Jimmy somehow, some way comes back into the fold and makes things a little more even. Steven takes Solo out, and now you have more of a solo of a one-on-one match that fans kind of, I think, want to see and ultimately gives a little credit to... Roman Reigns. Even if it doesn't happen where, you know, you have Jimmy come out and all kinds of fuckery happens. At the end of the day, it's still going to be Roman Reigns. He's going to go to WrestleMania. It's probably going to be Cody Rhodes, him and WrestleMania. We're going to run it back. So, there's no reason for me to come off of that prediction right now. I got Roman Reigns.
0: Zach, you got?
3: I got Roman Reigns Stone Cold Blood 5 block of the week. I have to be conservative because I'm in last place.
0: It's the smart money. It's the smart money, Jason. You can change it if you want to.
1: Yeah, fine. All Except right, you gonna allow me to do it? Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, it's the first. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's, it's the first. It's the first week we've ever done it.
1: Yeah, today, hey, hey, you gonna let me out of it? I'm gonna take out of it. I'm gonna still yeah. be right with yeah. Shayna Baszler. But this is the definite lock of the week for sure. There's Those no way Roman loses. Our
0: our SummerSlam predictions. Um, are you gonna be watching it live?
1: I wish. Should I say? At work, man. You gonna be
0: watching it live? Yes. uh, My wife
3: is going on a uh, a river excursion. She's gonna be gone for three days, like camping, uh, kayaking, and camping. And so I'm just kind of a bachelor or a single parent. Not a bachelor.
2: Yeah. Single
3: parent. Yeah. So my kids are gonna be
0: watching all the shit that I want to watch. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
0: Zach looking at his kids going, Fuck you. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Damian Sandow is 41. Dino Bravo, RIP, 74. Sable is 56. Shayna Baszler is 43. Silas Young is 43. Malenko is 63. Frankie Gazarian, 46. Tony Neese is 38. Zach Gibson is 33, and Alexa Bliss is 32. You know, Sable's looked 56 my whole life. For a very long time. That is true. <laughs> there is no doubt. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to to. Yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For my lovely wife, Erin. Check. For Vice. Check. For Tender Mahal. Check. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. For Luther Chris. For check. Patriot Pat. Check. For Reba the Dog. For check. the Baby. Check. Or Millie the Cat. Alexander the Cat. Check. Uh That's two, two beers, Zach Pullman. That is Jason Cornelius. Check. Well.
1: Can these bitches? I am
0: Bill LeVegge. Black check. Lives Matter. Check. Support your local weed dealers. Double Support check. your
2: local restaurants. check. boo the heels. Boo, bitch.